0: Uh, I don't think this is just joy about people getting to take off their masks. Right? Some some people are very excited about that. I, again, not everybody is, but there's some people are pretty excited to uh, be free of the masks. We are so thankful you're here. Amen. And uh, we've got we've got lots of special visitors today. And uh, for for those of you who are newer to the fellowship, this is Uncle Steve and Aunt Sylvia. This is, this is who pastored before uh, Bruce and with Bruce, and then they moved on, and uh, Steve was, Uncle Steve is the head of uh, Christian Minister's Association, CMA. And we're just blessed to have them in our midst today. I saw a Trevor. Where'd you go, Trevor? Trevor. We baptized Trevor a few years back. Man, we're so glad to see you. We just pray the blessings of God on you, fullness of joy. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Or miss anybody. We're so glad, so glad. Pauline's back in town. We're so uh, glad for yeah. you if you're visiting for the first time. Um, if you're, if if, if you if this is your first time here, you might have noticed we like to worship, and uh, that's a good thing. I always compare it to like if you went to your favorite hockey game or your favorite football game, and there's all these crazy people that jump up and down and have foam fingers. Sometimes they oops, half their face. Am I okay? You don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Just tell me if I need to switch. You're
1: okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. It's whether or not the mic is <laughs> on. Okay. I twist. Evidently, I twist mics. There's like a little bit of a thing
0: here. <laughs> we're just we're so so thankful that you're here. And today's a good day to be here because there's food. Yeah, so that's a bonus. So we're I'm, we're not going to talk very long because. You know we don't like crispy casseroles, so we'll uh, we'll try to keep it fairly abbreviated. Um, does anybody have anything that they feel the Lord is prompting them to share for the encouragement of the of the fellowship? If you feel that nudge, that's probably the Holy Spirit saying, "Be brave, be brave, and come and share." Thank you, Michelle.
1: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to um, share what the Lord put on my heart, and it's titled, Hold the Line, Hold the Line for Others. Hold the line for others who are coming, feeling that they're coming up short. Hold the line for the weary. Hold the line for people who have recently lost a loved one. The Lord wants us to hold the line for the unawakened, For people that are in distress, you see, we are on the edge of seeing God's glory. One which soon will be met by him, the Lord. It's not a risk anymore, and he doesn't want us to see it as a risk when we help others by pulling them up and out of harm's way. The religious will soon fall and they will stand before me, says the Lord. I want you to share a burden with others, casting out fear and distress in people's heart. A fear not will overtake them when you give this burden over to me. I am rock solid, says the Lord, the finisher and keeper of lost hearts. Let the stronger ones go out and get it. Just like when we're on an airplane and the flight attendant instructs and asks us, in case of emergency, you have to attend to the vulnerable person sitting next to you. They always show the flight attendant putting on the mask that comes down from the overhead and puts it over themselves first. And then they ask us to assist the other person next to us, who may be a child or elderly or someone unable to put on the mask for air to breathe. The Lord gave me a couple verses, and the first ones are for the people that are holding onto the line for others. And it's in Isaiah 42, and it's verse 6 to 9. And it says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you, and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind. To free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. So he's announcing that if we do this, if we help others, he will heal them. And just a few verses for the people that feel that they're on the edge of their rope. They're holding on. It's Isaiah 43. And it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And lastly, I just wanted to share the Lord showing you a picture. And that the people that are at the end of the rope, they're going to be healed. We could, through all this, that's what the Lord's saying. That through the prayers, we're going to heal. he's going to heal them and that if you feel that you're on the end of the rope, it's okay because you will get stronger. And then what he showed me as a picture is that you're also gonna be able to climb up, join the others, and then hold the line for those people. But what also is beautiful is he showed me a picture that the person at the very end holding the rope is Jesus, and he takes all the burden, and all we have to do is pray others that's all we have to do it's easy and he takes all of the weight and it's collective and that's what he wants us to see that it's a collective as a church body and it forms one big lifeline uh-huh. because that is the church and he is our savior thank you
0: Hold the line. Just sense the anointing on that word. Bless you, Michelle. Anyone else? Bill, where's your hat?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey. Last week I shared with you about a vision of the dream and, uh, I said, how can the people understand unless they actually see it? I asked the Lord. They need a demonstration of your miraculous power. Because they won't understand what that means, what I said, until they see it. So I've asked the Lord to to take care of that problem. And uh, he's going to. He (laughs) said in a, a very short, Time period, very short. He says, I will heal, I will deliver, I will apply it to whatever their needs are, and I will move amongst my people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Sounds a lot like faith.
0: Amen.
2: What's on your heart? Because I've learned over the years that prayer isn't my petition necessarily to him. And if it is my petition to him, he actually is inviting me in to what is on his heart. And his answers and his ways are always better than mine. And uh, so I wrote in my journal the other day a thought from the father. And he said, Steve, what if you woke up every morning being the most hopeful person in the world. And I went, is that possible? What do you think? Yes, yep. It is possible. Because he's the most hopeful person in the world. And we, we used to say that around this church and many others years ago, that hope, the acronym of hope is he opens people's eyes. Oh, Isn't that wonderful? We think it's hope for a situation, but actually hope is when he reveals his heart to us in his hand and his purposes, and we have that, oh, I didn't see it that way. I didn't know it that way. And um, today, I don't know, many of you may know this, but um, two years ago, on March the 18th, today is March the 12th, March the 18th is when churches were first shut down. So, it hasn't been three years, as some people have said to me, oh, it's been the longest three years of my life. And I go, well, it's only been two years. <laughs> Sorry to say that. Isn't that hopeful? <laughs> it wasn't three years, it was two years. Um, so, this morning, um, I, I just want to bring just a short little quick reminder. When COVID happened, and over the last two years, we have been uh, inundated with um, challenge, But the challenge, the great challenge, wasn't how it affected us. It was how it affected the heart of the Father. And as we embarked on COVID, as church leaders and as churches and as just believers in general and as communities, uh, we began hearing these words, oh, the new normal. Here's We're entering the new normal. And things aren't going to be the same anymore. And I remember the father saying to me, he says, yeah, Steve, we've forgotten what's normal in the body of Christ. What the actual normal Christian life really is. And this is the the new normal that they're talking about is is about us. But the normal in the kingdom is about him, not about us. And and as I was listening to our sister share, um, It it brought me great joy just sitting there going, one of the most important things as a Christian is that you remember that God is good, that he speaks and he speaks today to you not through one person, not out of a spigot but he speaks like rain in the earth and you listen for the sound of his voice and you follow his voice, not the voice of another and over the last two years, as we're, people were saying, well, church isn't going to look the same anymore, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, we don't want it to look the same Amen. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. With this caveat, yes. many of us in church and many churches, and I'm just going to speak broadly, have forgotten what it means to be led by the Spirit. Amen. We're led by opinion. Okay. We're led by the, the majority It's really easy to not consult God first. A friend of mine called me the other day, and he said, we have a problem. And I said, oh. And he started sharing the problem, and I said, so what did did you ask the Holy Spirit about this? And they said, oh, I'm sorry to say I didn't. We can all say that. Because it's easy to listen to the noise of the crowd easy to have our emotions stirred. Someone said emotions are like kids in your car that are all acting up. You want to put them in the trunk. But you can't. And <laughs> <laughs> our emotions rage when things happen. And the Holy Spirit says, did you come to talk to me about this? No, I listened to them. They're talking to you about this. And I believe what they're saying is what I want believe is what you're saying. And God said, but what did I say to you? And I think the Father wants to bring us back. Church shouldn't look the same anymore. We need to be people that are led by the Spirit. There's a a lot of, it it says in in the epistles, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. It also says in Galatians that if you have, are led and born of the Spirit and led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. And that the, the evidence there's two natures in us there's the, 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 the nature of our flesh and the nature of our spirit person, and they are in direct opposition of one another. And the way that you tell whether you're walking in the flesh or the Spirit is very evident. You don't need a high level of discernment for it, it's written right there in the Scriptures in black and white, hopefully you didn't use a black highlighter. <laughs> Just highlight that out. But it says that, that you can discern, oh, Lord, I, I want to be led by the Spirit. I want, I want our churches to be houses of loving-kindness. I want us to be, as, as we were sharing, You know, people of mercy. But more than that, we want to we be led by His voice. My, my word for the year this year is the word marked. Marked by his nature. Comes out of Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13 says, when they saw the miracle that took place, they looked at Peter and John and recognized that they were unlearned, common. And when they did the math, it didn't make sense. And all they could come up with was, they must have been with Jesus. That was the distinguishing characteristic of their life. Not that they moved in power and a miracle happened, but when they did the math, they couldn't figure it out. They must have been with him. And the war isn't over our personal rights. It's not about whether we have to wear a mask or not, or the government is good or bad. It's about his nature. Do we remember what he told us? Have we, are we being led by his voice every day, or are we being led by the voice of another? You know, one of the great promises I've been holding on to this year is a saying from someone that I admire, and they said this God never treats you the way that you are. He treats, he treats you the way that you desire to be. Isn't that hopeful? I go, oh, I want you. he treats me according to my desire. And I, my desire this year is, Lord, I, I don't, I, the new normal for me, I only want to say what you tell me to say. Amen. And I only Amen. want to do what I see you doing. Can yes. you help me? Amen. One of the fruits of being led by the Spirit is self-control. Yeah. It's not personal rights. <laughs> you know, Sylvia was saying to me the other day, because I, I, I revisit a lot of churches and I get a lot of frustration. <laughs> And I was driving the other day, and I was going, oh, oh, oh. and Sylvia so said, stop shaking your fist. The person <laughs> in the car next to you will think it's road rage. <laughs> and the father said this. He said, the only answer to your frustration about whatever you encounter is my presence and my voice and my nature. Do you remember? We sang it here. Some of the great theology that we carry is in the songs that we sing. Amen. The universe is in the hand of
1: the Lord.
2: Not mine. Not the hand of the government. It's not about my personal rights. It's about his desire, and we you know what one of the great promises of the Father is? All the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Can you imagine waking up with that, going to bed every night with that thought? Wow. This is going to be amazing. I'm gonna. I want to see this with my eyes, Lord. And then you wake up in the morning, going, "This day is going to be amazing. I'm going to watch for your glory, for the level of your glory to be raised everywhere. They'll take our eyes off of one another, yes. off the government, and and we'll go, Father, what's what's on your heart? Mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you. If you're if you're known for anything, be known that. Wow, that that person. I don't know what it is about them, that maybe they've been with Jesus. And they're changed, and they look like him, and they sound like him, and they think like him. Just bless you in Jesus' name. and just encourage you. The Father, he never challenges us, but I want to challenge you to be led by the Spirit. He invites us in. Come, be led by the Spirit. You'll find life. Last thing, there's... Two trees in the garden back in Genesis. It says there's a that God planted a garden and said, Every tree is you're allowed to eat from. And there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, and the the tree of life. And he said, Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that tree or you'll die. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil can also be called the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong. The last couple of years that we've been caught up eating that fruit, it's wrong. This is right, I'm, this is wrong, this is right. It'll only produce death. Mm. But if you eat of the life, of the the knowledge of the tree of life, which is of the spirit, it's life forevermore, and it's continual, and it's every day, and it will bring strength to your bones. It's the best, best fruit ever. So my encouragement is that I just invite you into that in in this new season. March 12th, 2022, more spirit, more life, more of his voice, more of his presence for all of us. Because it just lifts us with hope. Open our eyes, Father, and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Your turn.
0: very comforted that if you had really good eyesight and could see the first page of my very disorganized notes, you would see these two words, Biblical hope. So So, so, when Uncle Steve gets up and starts talking about hope, it's called Dovetail. (laughs) That's Holy Spirit. And uh, the only problem with that is even I probably didn't want to hear me talk because I'd like to hear you keep talking. <laughs> so, um, Holy Spirit help. <laughs> because evidently, um, Holy Spirit's talking about hope. It's a confirmation too, Steve, for um, last week, I think, um, that we had a word about going to the Father and not um, being swayed or not listening to other voices and being uh, evaluating other things by that but by going to the father first and evaluating the other things we hear by what the father says so lots of conf- confirmation god is alive and he's called us to a living hope he he is the living hope now most of us not all of us but most of us live in hope and it's, it's such a cool thing i when we moved here i said i now live geographically where I've lived theologically for quite some time, and then we brought a Jeep Liberty. And so I'd say I live in hope, and I drive in Liberty. And it's like it doesn't get any better than this. So God, God has a sense of humor. He get He gets me. Hope. When you go into, if you come from the Vancouver Airport, and when you look at the overhead signs on the highway, has anyone else noticed that hope is in all caps? Are there any other cities in BC that they do that with? All caps, right? And I don't know if it's just because it's only four letters, but I'm like, hope is in all caps. It strikes me every time I see it on a sign. I'm like, hope is in all caps. It's important. It's really important. And God wants us to have hope. So if, if hope, where where is hope on a timeline? Is hope about the past, or the present, or the future, or some combination thereof? What is hope oriented towards? The future. Absolutely the future. In fact, all of us will probably know the, the verse to Israel, Jeremiah 29, 11. I have plans for you, says the Lord, a plans to give you a hope and a future. A plans, plans not for disaster, plans for a hope and a future. And actually, in the Old Testament, if you go through, you will see this, this juxtaposition of future and hope. Psychologists in the world noticed that actually hope is a really important thing. What would you say is a definition of hope? With a little interaction here. What's the definition of hope? Like a positive expectation of something? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a positive. It's it's definitely got the the positive, and it's an anticipation or an expectation of something good. So in the world, in psychology, in behavioral studies, they've noticed that people who do not have hope actually have a lot of difficulty. And you can can imagine, because what's the opposite of hope? To have hope is despair despair and hopelessness. So hope is is a thing that we have seen, that the world has seen, that it actually plays out, even in uh, how you handle stress, how you are in your relationships. It's a very positive, powerful force. And it seems like God hardwired us to need hope. If you're in the world, what would you say the world puts their hope in? Man. Material things. Okay, so my bigger house, my faster car, my nicer watch, whatever it is, my cool vacations, money, money. Man. mankind, relationships, maybe, right? My job, climbing the ladder, my hope, family, especially in particular certain cultures, their hope is in their family. So here's here's an interesting thing. Uh, Michelle, because we've got lots well, of confirmation going on this morning. And in in biblical, um, so an aside, Gordon Gord and I were trained and worked as Bible translators for a number of years in Africa. And one thing I loved about joining Wycliffe Bible Translators when I got saved in the university was that Wycliffe would go in and train, learn the language, unwritten languages. There's about 7,000 languages in the world. And... A couple thousand of those are still just oral. They're not written. So they don't have an alphabet. So they said, let's go in and learn those languages and write them down, help the people write their alphabet, and then help them to translate the Word of God into that language. Because then the church would look like whatever it was supposed to look like in that culture. Does cool. so that make sense to you? So that made a whole lot of sense to me, and I'm like, cool, because I don't want to import my culture in North America to that land? Of course, you know, things are, are already imported because of media and stuff, but what if God could take that culture? Because he says every nation, tribe and tongue, will be at the throne worshiping the land. At, at the end, it says in Revelation. So what if God could take that culture and, and ignite it and redeem it and make it absolutely what he desired it to be through the word of God? So one of the things Bruce and I highly desire in our fellowship is that we would have a biblical culture. Which means that we all come with cultural stuff from our backgrounds and our teaching and the things that we have received in Christian culture. And part of what Steve was talking about, what God is doing and resetting and rebuilding and bringing us the new normal is saying, what does biblical culture look like? And I always love to go back to the book of Acts, you know, and just go to the scripture. So we were talking about Holy Spirit, and I thought, it's, it's potluck day, it's a really big topic. We probably will end up with burnt casseroles if we open the Holy Spirit, biblical view of Holy Spirit. It's like, wow, that's like a 17-part series. <laughs> so we decided not to go there today. So I'm like, we live in hope. The world is afraid. The world is terrified. The world is very traumatized. You know, we've got traumatized, we've got trauma counseling available for our children in the schools because they apparently are manifesting fear because of the war in Ukraine. So we need hope. And if anybody has it, it's the believers. Peter says, be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you. Be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you about the hope that is within you. What does that say to you? It says to me that hope was showing somewhere. Hope was sticking out somewhere. Hope, there was some hope showing. There was some hope showing. People looked and said, why do you have hope? Why are you so happy, John? What right do you have to be so happy? What how can you be so happy in a time like this? Why do you have hope? And Peter says, be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you. Scripture says, I boast in the hope of the Lord. I exalt in the hope of the Lord. I exalt. Peter says, I stand trial. Look at the book of Acts. He says, I'm standing trial for the hope of the glory of God, for the hope of the revelation of Jesus Christ, for the hope of the resurrection coming up on Easter. That's what makes us have an eternal hope. A hope that does not fade. A hope that does not change. A hope that holds us. So what I started to say was a biblical principle is the principle of first occurrence. So that whenever a word is used in the scripture, the first time it's used should determine how that word should be understood. Okay? So the very first time that the word hope is used in the Bible. Anybody know where that would be? Or guess? It wasn't where I thought it would be. Isaiah. Isaiah has a lot to hope. Yeah, it's not in Genesis, Exodus. You got to go quite a ways. You got to go to the period of Judges to the Book of Ruth. Mm. I was like, oh, cool. Wouldn't have seen that coming. <laughs> and Ruth says, "Even if I had hope for a son." Even if I had a husband tonight and could give birth to sons that you, my daughters-in-law, could marry, it's not gonna happen. So Ruth was an Israelite who left the land during a famine. First her husband dies, then her two sons die, and she's left with two, two daughters-in-law who are Moabite women, Naomi. Sorry, am I saying Ruth? It's Naomi, and Ruth is one of the daughters-in-law. And, and so she says, go back to your people. I'm going back to Bethlehem. But she says, I have no hope. How masterful the spirit of God is that the first occurrence of the word hope is about the need of a son to save her from destitute, a destitute life. Because there was no system of government that looked after widows. And she had no husband so she had no son and so god says hope is in the son. hope is in an inheritance hope is in what i i will bring you in bringing you into a family now of course naomi and ruth go back to bethlehem to the house of bread and god introduces them to boaz ruth marries boaz do you know the story of their lineage Ruth marries Boaz and has Obed, and Obed has Jesse, and Jesse has King David, and this Messiah comes through the line of David and through 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 Naomi, who said, I'm bitter. God gives her hope, and God gives her a place in the lineage of the Messiah. There's hope, and then it gets even cooler. Are you ready? Guess what the Hebrew word for hope is? What it means? The word is tikva and it means cord. It's a cord. Hold the line. Hope is a cord that I hold on to. Is that not cool? Yeah. I was like, I hey, got chills go when <laughs> Michelle was talking. I'm like, oh, God, you're so cool. Hope is the cord that we hang on to. Now get ready, because it gets even cooler. I was like, uh, what do I do on a Friday night for a good time after prayer? Bible study, because it's so darn fun, okay? I'm just, I'm weird, okay? Okay, you're all peculiar people. So get this. When the people of God came out of the wilderness and went to spy out the promised land, which is Jesus for us, right? the promised land coming into that new covenant, that new place, the better. And the spies went in, and they spied out the big walled cities, and the people were already terrified of them. And they stayed with the woman. You remember who she was? Rahab. Rahab, who lived in the wall and was maybe a woman of ill repute. She hid the spies so they wouldn't be discovered. And when she, she, she saw the glory of God on them and the fear of the Lord was on her town and she knew that the only hope was to associate with these guys, right? My hope is in associating with them because they're on the winning team and that would be a good idea. And so what do the spies tell her to do? Hang a cord, Hang a cord in your window. And when we take the city, your life will be spared. Is God not like the coolest ever? So so it's not done. We're not done. That woman, Rahab, married a guy named Salmon. It looks like salmon. Married a guy named Salmon. And guess who their kid was? Rahab hangs out the court of hope. Marries one of the spies, has Boaz. Boaz marries Ruth, has Ovid, has Jesse. has David. woo I love hope, right? Come on, who could do that? Who could do that? Who could do that but God? You know what? Like like it's so multi-layered. So we have this incredible hope and I'm, I'm going to cut it short, but I, I had to give you that one because that's that's just so amazing. We have this cord, and we hope gives us so many things. You know, it gives us perspective. Hope gives us perspective. Steve Backlin says, "If my hopelessness about a problem, my if." Let me just say again. It's close, you, you know I do. If my um, perception of a problem is bigger than the problem, my hopelessness about the problem is the bigger problem. Yeah. There's probably a more succinct way of saying that, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> That's okay, you get the idea. What does it mean to you? If I have a problem and my focus has become completely hopeless, that's a bigger problem than the problem. Now, does anybody? Can you picture something in your an area of your life? Francis Fran Japan said, "If there's any area of your life that does not glisten—love this word—does not glisten with hope, you're probably believing a lie." Oh, that's so good. What? Right? Yeah. If there's any yeah. area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope you're probably believing a lie. So I just want to, you know, invite you to think of an area of your life and just go, God, what, what, what might I be believing? This is what got me, I, got, I, was, I, I cried a lot last night. I just sat before the Lord and I said, okay, I've got some stuff that is, uh, has just gotten it's almost to the level of hopelessness. And that's a problem because I'm a believer and I always have hope. And even psychologists would tell you, hope opens your mind. What does that mean in the kingdom? It means that hope aligns me with the purposes of the goodness of God. And it gives me the perspective to say, I'm going to get through this because of the character and the person of God. Hope is kind of the general thing. Hope is the Romans 8.28, Right? All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So even with faith, if it doesn't come through the way I want it to, and I'm just going to say that because we all have prayed prayers that didn't happen the way we wanted it to, right? Hope will see me through. Hope's the, hope's the cord that's not going to let me go. Hope is always, hope springs eternal. Hope does not disappoint, right? Romans 5, hope does not disappoint. So, I'm just gonna wrap this up. Oops, did I do something? Okay, there we are. Hope gives us perspective. It gets my thinking aligned with the eternal. It helps me to see, live my life as a pilgrim. It gives us purpose. You know, you're pulled towards whatever you're focused on. If you always have the hope of eternal life, the hope of what God is able to do, the God of the impossible, the God of miracles, you're going to live on purpose. It gives us passion. You know, when you lose hope, you cannot be motivated, right? Hope gives us passion and motivation and forward momentum. Hope gives us peace. I don't have to figure this all out. God's got it. I have, I have hope in who he is. I have hope in his goodness. I have hope in his wisdom. I have hope in his tender loving care for who I am. Gives me protection. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness. And hope brings purity. Enough. if you noticed, all well, those were peace. If you have taken notes, you wouldn't notice. Right? Those are all peace. I like alliteration. I like to think that the Lord does. Uh, Purity. Everyone who has this hope on him purifies himself just as as he is pure, says in in 1 John. There is a certainty in hope, in in the true hope, the living hope, the hope of the eternal, the hope of God himself. Hope is in God and hope is from God. And we hang on to the court. We hang on to the cord. So I think we're just going to close with this. Now may the God of hope mm-hmm. fill you with all joy and peace believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read it again. That's good. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy, all peace in believing that you may abound. God's got all these over-the-top superlative words, right? Good isn't good enough. He's got to go for great. He's got to go for the all. He's got to go for the, the you know, the out there, the, the past, surpass it all. May your hope abound by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. If you don't know... Romans, sorry, 13, oh, 15, 15, 15, 15, 13. 15, 13. 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. Yeah. If you don't know the hope of knowing a living loving God who holds you in the palm of his hand and says we're going through right to the end right through to eternity you will be with me forever that's the hope of resurrection if you don't know that hope I would invite you to to, to speak to one of us speak to any of these folks um, just to say I want to know that kind of hope, because that's the only hope that lasts, the hope that won't move, the hope that is certain, the hope that is sure. It's invisible, but it's, it's tangible, and it's true, and it will keep us. Hold on to the cord. Hold the line. Hold the line for other people, and uh, let's walk through in hope. And demonstrate hope in the town that's named. Let that it would be the hope of Christ. Father, thank you for your grace, your goodness. Thank you for Holy Spirit um, tying loose ends together and uh, all these threads and cords, Lord of things that you are working to bring uh, truth and revelation to our hearts. We want to be people who hear your voice and hear your heart and um, press in to know you and uh, extend our arms to bless other people. We bless hope, God. We bless hope. We bless hope, Lord, with love, the love of God, with revelation of the Father, with a drawing of the Holy Spirit to truth. And, Father, that, um, that you would make manifest your love and your grace, just as Bill has said, Lord, in in real ways, in this place that we can testify of the hope that is within us through the the life, the death, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. In his precious name we pray. Amen. 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 So we uh, invite you to stay for potluck. Um, A few of us are going to run out and get those. uh, Get. In place and set up, please be feel free to mingle here and meet one another and bless one another, and then we'll have um, time to uh, get to know one another better over a meal just next door. All right, blessings on you.